Welcome to the Gut Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word for you. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. Well, good evening. Welcome to Gut Church. You've made it through half the week. Hopefully, you get a little bit of a recharge tonight. Make it through the rest, you know what I mean? Guess not. Cool. I mean, you're on your own then. Do what you want. Uh, like I said, my name is Taylor Shear. Uh, my wife Cassie and I have the distinct honor and privilege of uh, being on the pastoral staff here. And um, first, I want to uh, give honor where honor is due. My parents, the big bosses, El Jefe, Sandy Shear. And then her husband, Bill, is here. Um, I don't ever want to come up where there's not honor, to give honor where honor is due. So um, I'm excited for tonight because I I feel like first, I'm not going to be Pastor Chano. I'm going to give you the opportunity to to, uh, worship the Lord in your tithes and your offerings. Um, it's a running joke that we have because he's forgotten the last three times. So when you see Pastor Chano, maybe mention the offering. Um, just throw it out there. I mean, apparently he doesn't want you to be blessed. That's fine, I guess. Um, but no, I want to give you the, the opportunity to worship the Lord, both your tithes and your offerings. And it's, it's bringing the tithe in, opens up the windows of heaven and pours out, pours out a blessing that you can't contain. But then it also rebukes and removes the devourer from the midst of you. And I... I truly believe both of those parts are really, really good for your life. So I want to encourage you in that. Um, if you don't tithe, start. Uh, it's one of the promises that God says to test him in it. And, and the, the, the promises, that, again, it's opening up the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing you can't contain. So it's, that's more blessing than you can contain. And it removes the devourer from the midst of you. So uh, if you'd like to text to give, you can text gut space amount to 833 833- 921-6703. We have a QR code, which is a quick response code for those of you who are wondering what QR meant. Got you. And uh, we also have uh, black boxes in the back of the sanctuary and in the lobby. Um, some people call them drop boxes. Some people affectionately uh, refer to them as blessing boxes because that's what happens when you put something in. So, um, I can feel the eyes, just so everybody knows. I want everyone else to feel what I feel. Uh, so that's, that's your opportunity. And again, I encourage you, uh, if you don't tie, do so. If you do, you understand you're operating in those promises and keep going. Okay. Um, the, the message tonight, it's been an interesting uh, season for me. I would say the last, so tonight I wrote this message based off of what I am going through in life. And um, I've heard uh, Bishop Jakes actually said, when you don't know what to preach, just preach what you're going through and you'll always have something. Or preach through your weakness and you'll always have something. And um, tonight is one of those messages. And it's one of those things where, how many people have ever played golf? Few hands. So life the last six or eight weeks, it, it hasn't been a storm. It hasn't been like one thing that I can put my finger on that's like, this is it. But it feels like, I have been playing golf into a 30-mile-an-hour headwind 
for the last six or eight weeks. And those of you that know Oklahoma, it's like every hole is faced south in Oklahoma in the summer. Um, it's just one of those things, it's like, man, I just need something to, t everything is a grind, everything is a struggle. Um, again, I can't put my finger on it, but it's like, okay, what is this? And I, I, I've had conversations, it's like, man, it's not, a again, it's not a storm, it's just, and what I've come to the realization of is I have lived the last six or eight weeks in the valley. I have lived, and again, it's nothing bad. It just feels like, a, okay, why is everything is so much effort and everything is so much work to just get the basic things done? And it's one of those things that I've realized that that's where I'm at. So then it's, in writing this message, it's what do I do? And it's like, well, I stand, and I know that I stand no matter what. And then I operate how I know I'm supposed to operate, and stuff will break, and stuff will change, and there'll be development, there'll be learning. So that's what this message is, just life in the valley. So as we turn in our Bibles to Ezekiel 37, let's pray real quick, and then we're going to dive into it. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather under your name, under the banner of the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't take it for granted. Lord, I thank you that you're preparing our hearts now to receive your word. Lord, I thank you that they're your words and not mine. Lord, I thank you that they hit every person where they sit, how they need to hear it. And Lord, I thank you that they are able to, to be encouraged by it, but then immediately implement it into their life so they could continue to live the greatest life imaginable. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We magnify the matchless name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Did everybody say amen? Okay, good. I correct my kids when they don't say amen. We, I need you to say it loud enough for us to hear. Okay, Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 10. The, and this is out of the New Living Translation. The Lord took hold of me. This is Ezekiel talking. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. So he was carried away to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and they were completely dried out. So they were brittle, they had been there a long time, they were sun-dried, all the moisture was removed. They were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say dry bones listen to the word of the Lord this is what the sovereign Lord says look I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again I will put flesh and muscles on you and I will cover you with skin I will put breath into you and you will come to life then you will know that I am Lord verse 7 so I spoke this message just as he told me suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. That had to be one of the freakiest moments, by the way. Just think about that. Like there's a valley covered with bones. And it's not like fresh bones. It's, it's, they're stark white, dried out bones. And then you start hearing like rattling. I'm out on that. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I've seen enough zombie movies. Mm-mm. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Verse 7. Nope. Verse 8. 
Then I watched muscles and flesh form over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies, and they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. Then or they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. So here's what I, what I, I as I read through this, here's some points that I took. And it was, and we sing about it, it's in worship songs, but I really want you to grasp that even in the valley, God's still with you. Just as he is on the mountaintop, but even in the valley, God's still with you. I think what's hard is we get in that valley, there's, there's no wind, it's, there's stagnant air. And, and you're not quite sure where to go, what to do. You can't really see in front of you because you're at the, you're at the, the lowest point that God is still with you. This is the, the valley is the testing season. The valley is where you get stretched. It's where God tests you is in the valley. For me, over the, the last six, eight weeks, it's like I'm... I'm if I'm being tested, I am going to pass this test. I'm going to still do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to speak how I'm supposed to speak because I know that this is a season. In the valley, what's hard is you feel alone. You feel like, it's like, man, no one understands. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure out. I feel like I'm being tested. I'm being stretched. But you feel alone, but God's with you in the valleys just as he is on the mountaintop. So in the valley, you can go one of two ways. You're amongst these dry bones, and you can go one of two ways. You can either get better or you can get bitter. What's hard, why am I in this season? Why is nothing working out? You can have a pity party of all pity parties for yourself. But in all reality, you can get better in the valley. It's easy to do what you're supposed to do and, and, and operate how you're supposed to operate when you're on the mountaintop. It's easy when you can see what's in front of you. But when you're in the valley, it's not so easy. That's where you, you're, you're being tested, you're being stretched. And I want to encourage you that if you're in that valley, don't stop being who you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to do. Keep speaking life over, over your situations. Keep operating on your principle and on your conviction. The hand of God is on you in the valley. Even when you feel alone, you feel stressed out, you feel resistance, God's hand is still on you. When you're in the valley and you're just waiting, it's, it's that waiting season. God's hand's still on you. He's still with you. I want to encourage you to stop looking at the problems and start looking at the possibilities. Stop looking at the problems. It's too easy to, to point out all the problems and completely miss the possibilities that come with being in that. Way too easy. Because, again, you can have the pity party. Well, the enemy's just attacking. 
In all reality, it's probably your own stupid decisions. Just throwing that out there. Quit blaming the enemy for stuff that you have created. But the good news is there's a way out. Just don't stop. Don't give up. Listen, it's easy to throw your hands up and just walk away. But that's not who you are. It's easy to say, you know what? My marriage, I, we, it has been a struggle and I'm done. That, that's the easy part. But that's not what you're supposed to do. You're in covenant. So you stand. You keep fighting. You keep getting better. Keep fighting for your marriage, not your spouse. Understand what I'm saying, what I'm saying there. You're not fight, I don't keep fighting your spouse. But keep fighting for your marriage. Keep speaking life into your marriage. And in that suddenly moment, it said it in the, uh, in the passage that we read. Verse 7. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, the suddenlies of God. That one moment with God can change your life forever. That one revelation can completely change your mindset forever. But it's in the valley you have, to, you have to keep fighting and keep searching for those things. Understand it's just a season. Understand that there's something to be learned. What if whatever you're supposed to learn in the valley or whatever is being developed in you is what puts you or propels you into that next stage of life? What if it's preparing you for that next thing that you, would you wouldn't have been prepared for if you wouldn't have gone through what you went through? And again, I'm not, uh, in this instance, I'm not talking about a storm or I'm not talking about a bat. It's like, just, bleh. I mean, come on. That's that moment that I'm talking about, that you keep going. You don't quit. We've said it a million times here at the church, but if you don't quit, you win, and it's true. Just don't quit. Quitting's way too easy. Keep going and keep going. So stop looking at the problems and start looking at the possibilities. Remind yourself you meditate on the promises. And then another version of, of Ezekiel 31, I think it's actually 32, says, He led me around and among them a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plains. Dry bones bleached by the sun. Bones everywhere. Bones, bones, bones. That's, I, I just imagine a valley full of bones. Those bones are the problems that you see. That you're in the valley and you just see problems everywhere. So what are you supposed to do? What I love about this story is that, that God told them what to say and then he said it. And the power of his words changed that entire environment. Him speaking to the bones changed the entire valley. So as you're, you're, you're at work and you realize, man, this environment is not, start speaking to the bones, start speaking to the problems and see how God changes your entire life, your entire, your entire career, wherever you're at, that God starts to change it. Because you're speaking to those bones. You're speaking to those problems. Ezekiel answered yes, but it was like a yes with a question mark. 
Because he says these bones and he says, do you, do you believe that if you speak these bones that they can have, come back together and they can have muscles and, and skin and breath? And he answers with a, a yes. It was very unknown to Ezekiel. The unknown forces you to walk by faith. When you're in the valley, it's unknown and it forces you to walk by faith. You can walk by faith when you know the situation and, and, and you've been there before, but when there's an unknown, you're walking by faith. That's one of the, the, the hardest parts is you just keep taking steps forward, but each step is a step of faith because there's unknowns to it. You don't know what kind of terrain it is. You don't know if there's holes. You, you just take that step and then take the next step, but there's steps of faith. 1 Samuel 14, 6, out of the message, says, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on now, let's go across these uncircumcised pagans. Maybe God will work for us. There's no rule that says that God can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God from saving when he sets his mind to it. It just might be that God will work for us. That's the unknown. Jonathan's walking in, looks at his armor bearer, and he says, it just might be that God will work for us. There's an unknown to what he's into. There's an unknown into what he's walking into. But he was built up with such faith that there was not a doubt in his mind that they were going to come out on top. Whatever problem you are facing, there has to be no doubt in your mind that you're going to come out on top. Because Romans 8, 28 says, and all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So do you love God? Are you called according to his purpose? Do you have breath in your lungs? Then it's going to work out in your favor. But you, you can't have a doubt about it. What's hard is you go through these situations and you start to question, you're, you're not sure. And then you come out and you're like, why did I ever question God? We sang it tonight, but he hasn't failed this yet. So why are we unsure of the outcome when we know that no matter what, it's going to work together for our good? So with this and, and Ezekiel and just how he responds, that when you hear the voice of God, sometimes, and this is for me, sometimes it feels like you're 70% sure. You're like 70% sure it was God. Yes, there are those moments where you're like, that was God. But then there's like, I think that was God. I'm 70%, 75% sure that that's God. The thing is your flesh hates and resists faith. So you have to operate in that faith so you're feeling conflicted. There's that, that pit in your stomach. That pit in your stomach is what releases the faith. Because you keep taking steps forward. You keep moving forward knowing that there's still a pit because you're 70% sure you heard God. But it's because your flesh hates it. It rejects it. Because you have to operate in faith. A pit in your stomach isn't a red flag always. Yes, sometimes it's a red flag. Sometimes it's your spirit man saying, whoa, stop. But other times it's just that uncertainty. It's that unknown but you keep moving forward. And then you find that peace in the valley. 
That peace is a person. That peace is Jesus. You can stand on his promises and you can stand on his word knowing that even in the valley and you're being tested and you're being stretched, that you're being developed and then that God's going to, you're going to come out on top because God has your back no matter what. You can keep going knowing no matter what, God has my back. And I think what's hard is sometimes in that moment we're like, I don't know if God, I mean, oh, it's too small. God has other things. No, no. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head. He is going to have your back no matter what. But we have to operate like that's the case. I think what's interesting, and I, I told the staff on Sunday morning, uh, we have a staff meeting, and I just, I was, so I run cattle, and I was, uh, it's hay season, for those of you that don't know, so we're cutting hay, raking hay, baling hay, and I was in the tractor, and I've been, it's a lot of hours um, in the tractor, but I had this revelation when I was, I was just sitting there praying, preparing for this, and it's, God has already won the fight for us. We just don't have to mess it up. What's interesting is it's, it's that mentality of playing not to lose is something that's so uncommon for us. No, you play to win. Yes, you play to win, but the outcome has already been decided. All we have to do is be where we're supposed to be and do what we're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden... The outcome comes out in our favor. So whatever you are battling, whatever problem is in front of you, whatever you are dealing with, the outcome has already been decided. You win. Just don't be dumb enough to make a mistake that throws it all. Why? God has already won the fight for you. Think about walking into a... a, a a sporting event or a game and knowing that you've already won. Now just play the game. You play with a different kind of swagger. You play with a different kind of confidence knowing that you've already won. The other team's talking trash, trying to get you riled up. It's like, I already won. What are you talking about? You don't understand the outcome? You don't know the outcome? Oh, you lost. I won. We're just playing for funsies. You know what I mean? Like, we've won. But that, you have to find that peace, and that peace is a person. is Jesus. And you have to operate in that faith. And faith is moving on a maybe. It just may be that God will work for us. So you move on that knowing that it's a maybe. What I love about that story is he is headed in, and there's, I, I think he was truly prepared for whatever happened. Win or lose, but it just may be that God will work for us. It's faith is moving on a maybe. So prophecy 101, we learn it here in Ezekiel 37 that you have a word from God and then you speak it. If you're like, man, I just need a word from God, maybe open up the Bible and find something. But you have a word from God and then you speak it. Man, I, I, this situation at work, I'm not sure. No, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Everything I put my hand to prospers. 
So then all of a sudden, the problems that you foresee, it's, no, I've won. But you're speaking that word that God has given you, just like Ezekiel did to the bones. He spoke to those bones, and they were, I mean, I should have brought, if I, if I would have thought this through, I should have brought one of the bones. And it's like this turned into breathing beans. Again, I, we read the story, and I think sometimes we read through it flippantly, and it's like, what would you have done in that situation? But he spoke to those bones. He spoke to a situation that was bleak, that had, there, there was no chance. They were, there wasn't any flesh in sight. And then he spoke to it, everything changed. That suddenly moment. Well, I know I've been, I've been fighting for my marriage for a long time. I, I don't know. We'll see. Man, I've been fighting that addiction for a long time. What if this was the time that that suddenly moment happened and there was breakthrough? What if this was the time that you spoke life into your marriage and it all turned around? What if this was the time that you spoke to your body and you say, I'm healthy and whole in Jesus' name, nothing missing, nothing broken, and then all of a sudden your body lined up with the word of God? What if this was that suddenly moment? But you have to have faith with no doubt. Ezekiel, he, he might have been unsure there was unknown, but he had faith. And it all changed. Prophesy about the maybe. Speak life to the maybe. Because again, it's that, I, know, I think it was from God, but it's your flesh fighting that it was. It's like, man, I have a peace about it, but I'm just unsure. Yeah, that's the unknown. That's the maybe. You have faith and speak life to it. Don't speak about the bones. Don't speak about your problems. Change the narrative and speak to the problems. Speak to the bones. Yeah, I know my, my marriage is just rough. No. I have a phenomenal marriage. I have a healthy marriage. Well, you know, our, our financial situation, it, it's, it is what it is. No, no. I am blessed coming in and going out. I tithe so the windows of heaven are open above my life. That's, what, that's, that's how you have to start speaking to the problems and stop speaking about the problems. Ezekiel received a word from God and spoke to the bones and the wind. He didn't speak about the wind. He didn't speak about the bones. He spoke to the bones and to the wind. Again, it's, as I'm talking to, to you guys, I, just thinking about the last six or eight weeks, and it's like, okay, where have I talked about the problems? Where have I talked about the issues? I need to change that narrative, change the way I speak, and start speaking to those problems. You start speaking to it, well, you know, my kid's just in the terrible twos. Quit saying that. Stop. No, my kids are kind, obedient, and respectful. I speak that over my children every night, every time I leave them. Today, I drop a trip off at baseball camp. He's getting ready to walk. He's got his big old bag. Big old bag. He's got his all coordinating. 
weird, but I have a wife, but it's all coordinating, and this guy's hat, he looks awesome. I'm like, dang it. You hit the mark. I'm trying. You hit the mark. It's your curly blonde mullet and your dimples. Ugh. But anyways, but he's walking in. I say, trip. And there's kids everywhere. Kids running, and he stops, and he looks at me. Hey, kind, obedient, respectful. I know, Dad. No, no. No, no. Say back. Kind, obedient, respectful. No, my kids are going to be kind, obedient, and respectful. I'm not just saying, well, whatever happens, you know, oh, they're just in that phase. No, speak to it. Speak to the situation. It's too easy to talk about your problems and not to your problems. And here's the harsh reality. When you do that, all of a sudden the personal responsibility side comes to it. Where it's like, oh, just, well, it's the enemy. Just then, no, no, speak to it. Take some personal responsibility and watch how God changed that entire situation. Watch how God turns it for you. But again, what's hard is, well, you know, the doctor gave me a report. Yeah, I know. One year ago today. No, in a week. One year ago this month. Said it's the worst ejection fraction he's ever seen. My lifestyle is the only reason I was still standing. My heart pumped out 15% of the amount of blood that was in it. I just assumed that everybody, that their hands and feet got cold all the time. I assumed that sometimes they just had trouble breathing. Or they could feel your heart beating out of your chest. Now I realize that is not God's best for me. So I get that report. It would have been easy to say, woe is me, whatever. No, but we took the steps we needed to. We stood how we were supposed to stand. We stood in a place of faith. And there was never a doubt in my mind that healing wouldn't come. And then we get a report back in January that my ejection fraction is no longer a part. It's no longer classified as heart failure. When my cardiologist said it's the worst he'd ever seen, that 15%, and then in six, eight months, whatever it was, all of a sudden I don't have heart failure anymore. Why? Because, A, because God heals 100% every time. I received that healing, but I also took the steps that I needed to. I've not had meat in a year. Let me just wrap, just wrap your mind around this. I'm a large Okie who runs cattle. What is wrong with me? I'm out working. I'm like, I don't even get to eat you. Just go where you're supposed to go. I'm going to go eat my broccoli for lunch. It's gotten to the point where I just don't eat lunch anymore. I'm like, I can't. I don't want a salad. I'm good. Smoothie. Ooh. Someone asked me last week, they're like, what do you miss most? And I was like, feeling full ever. <laughs> That's where I'm at. But I'll tell you what, I would much rather not eat meat than not be around to raise my kids. So whatever your situation is, take the step that you need to take. Do what you're supposed to do. I'm not allowed to have salt. For those of you that don't know, it's like, oh, vegetables, cool. I can't put Lowry's on my broccoli. So when I eat broccoli, it tastes like broccoli. <laughs> I could tell you based off of pure taste what type of lettuce I'm eating. Three or four years ago, I just slapped myself. 
But no, it's, it's I'm taking the steps I need to take. If you don't like the situation uh, with your employment, change it. Take the steps you need to take. Well, I'm just waiting on that promotion. Are you doing what you're supposed to do to be promotable? Or are you just saying, well, I just hope it comes. Let's see what happens. No, you take the steps, speak life over the situation, and then do what you're supposed to do. Because again, in all reality, we want to remove, especially with society today, we want to remove personal responsibility from our lives. And I'm big on, no, no, I will man up and admit when I need to take responsibility for something. You need to take responsibility and start taking those steps. So it's, man, I just, I can't get my mind right on things. Nothing's going right. Well, where were you Sunday morning? Well, I slept in. Where, <laughs> where were you Wednesday? Ah, oh, I was really tired from work. No, be here. Why? A, you're hearing the word. B, you're being encouraged by the word. But you're also around other people, like-minded people. I have friends that aren't going to let me mess up. I have people in my life that are not going to let me mess up. You need those people in your life. But what's hard is when you're not here, all of a sudden that separation starts to happen, and then it becomes way too easy not to go to church. Well, church isn't a place. No, it is. It's a building. It's right here. Because there are people here that can help you. There are people here that can stand with you. Too many people are going through stuff alone. For one second, maybe not be prideful and let some people in and let them stand with you. It's easy when you start to stumble. There might be days that your wife starts some, I, that happened with me. But I had friends around that said, no, no, no. Healthy and whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Don't talk like that. But there are people there to pick you up. But then also, they're able to celebrate with you on the other side. There is no fun in celebrating a win by yourself. All because you were too prideful to tell somebody that life wasn't perfect? I think what's hard is, is we... These days, we get this, this facade that everything, people think that everything's perfect. Whether that be social media, whether, I mean, whatever it is. Life's not perfect. Everybody's going through something. Just don't go through it alone. Let someone stand with you. That's why we avail ministry after every service. Man, if you're going through something, let them pray with you. Let them give you a word. Let them give you a word of encouragement, a word from God that could change your life forever. They could change that situation, that suddenly moment. And then watch how stuff starts to change. All of a sudden, then you're walking with a bounce in your step because this situation that looked so bleak that you weren't sure where the outcome was, all of a sudden it flipped. And then you're moving on to the next thing. And keep going. Don't stop. You are not going to spend the rest of your life in the valley. Keep going. God's with you the same whether everything is going great or whether you're not sure if anything has gone right. God's still with you. His hand is still on your life. You just have to continue to operate in the promises that he's given us. I hope that was good. You guys are really quiet tonight. 
And um, it's one of those things, well, that feels like I was asking for it. I mean, I'm good either way, to be honest. I've learned um, that we're there. But, no, it, it's, I encourage you to not stop. It is huge. I have it tattooed on my wrist. Stand. It is white and it is faced towards me because I don't care who else sees it. But when I get this, I don't know. We'll see. It's a reminder that I'm going to stand. When you've done all to stand, stand. You don't lose if you don't quit. Don't bow down. Don't sit down. Don't lay down. You stand. That's especially for the men. Stand for your family. Be the man of your house. Stop what, come, what is trying to come in that's not supposed to be in. Get whatever out that's in. Get it out. But stand. No matter what the report is, stand. No matter how it looks, you stand. Because at some point, there's going to be that suddenly moment. And what if it's today? What if it's the next time that situation happens and you speak life to it if it never happens again? What if that's the God we serve, that suddenly moment, but have no doubt, and when you come into the unknowns, walk in faith. Let's pray. Okay. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that your word is full of promises, that it is yes, it is amen. Lord, I thank you that your word is alive and it is true. Lord, I thank you for everybody in here. Lord, I call them blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, whatever they are battling, whatever they are dealing with, Lord, I thank you that they stand on your word, they stand on your promises, they operate in faith. And Lord, I thank you that they don't waver and that that suddenly moment happens. Lord, I thank you that everything changes. Lord, I thank you for those in the valley. Lord, I thank you that they don't quit, that they keep standing. Lord, I thank you that they're stretched but not ripped, that they bend but they're not broken. And Lord, I thank you that they speak to those bones. Lord, they speak to the bones and muscles start to form and flesh forms over it. And Lord, I thank you they speak to the wind and breath comes into the, to the situation. Lord, that the breath of you comes in and changes it forever. Lord, I call every marriage in here blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that every marriage is strong, that it is that true example of a godly marriage. Lord, I thank you for all the parents. Lord, I thank you that you give them wisdom and discernment on how to raise their kids. Lord, I thank you that their families are strong, that their families are rooted. Lord, I thank you that as everybody, every family represented, Lord, I thank you that they can stand on this. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lord, I thank you that everybody in here is healed in Jesus' name. Lord, healthy and whole, nothing missing, nothing broken in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your son. Lord, I thank you that he died on the cross for us. Lord, I thank you that he took 
the whip to his back and took those lashes, Lord, for our healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that he didn't do it in vain, but Lord, I thank you that we received that promise of healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for these these pastors that are in here tonight. Lord, I thank you that they are blessed in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for a supernatural rejuvenation to come into their lives. Lord, I thank you that when they sleep, that there's supernatural rest. And Lord, I thank you that there is a, a, a new revelation in their lives. Lord, I thank you that they stay the course. And Lord, I thank you that their churches swell in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that the the miraculous works, the miraculous miracles come out of their church. Lord, I thank you that new people, hurting people, know that they can come here and find hope, that they can go to those churches and find hope because it's a hope-filled message coming from the stage. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you that you seal this in our hearts. Lord, even those not in in a valley in this moment, Lord, I thank you that the next time that they realize they're in it, Lord, I thank you that you bring to the remembrance the promises that you've given us. And Lord, I thank you that we continue to speak to the bones because we know that the power of life and death are in our tongue, that our tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And Lord, I thank you that we speak those promises and then we realize them in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand real quick. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.